What's up, y'all, and welcome to Marley the Podcast, where I use over a decade of experience in the health and fitness space to help you find what's gold and what's old so you can achieve all your health goals seamlessly. Hey, hey, happy freaking Wednesday morning, people. So I wanted to give a huge shout out to everyone who tuned in to last week's episode, who downloaded it, who shared it on social media. I am extremely, extremely grateful for you and super humbled still that I'm doing this whole podcast experience. This journey is going to be a fun one. I have a ton of topics I'd love to cover. Going to have some great special guests on the episodes in the next couple weeks. But this week, I really wanted to dive into talking about investing our time and energy and how we can manage that to be more efficient because in the grand scheme of life, our time is very finite. That means we don't have an infinite amount of time in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year. Eventually that time does end. How we choose to spend our time now and in the future really does matter. We have to ask ourselves, how do we decide what to spend our time on and how do we decide who to spend our time with because people and things slash tasks are the biggest actual things that we spend our time on. We have to really separate what things in our day are essential to functioning. And this would be eating, that's a non-negotiable, sleeping, also a non-negotiable, And then for me, exercise is something that I find to be very essential. Whether or not you find exercise to be essential is something you have to ask yourself. But I make sure to make time in my day because I know that that is something that is crucial for me. And then when thinking about non-essential tasks, these non-essential tasks can be watching TV, replying to frivolous emails. And I'm not talking about work emails. I'm talking about any other email in terms of the time you spend on social media. If it's work related, that's one thing. But if you're just mindlessly scrolling, could your time be better spent elsewhere? In order to figure out what non-essential tasks are really suiting your needs and which ones can be eliminated, we can separate these into value-added tasks and then non-value tasks. With these two, obviously non-value tasks are the ones that are a no-brainer for us to really eliminate or at least limit. So imagine watching TV. If you block out the last hour to watch TV, then that is a great method in order to make sure that you're not taking up a large chunkier day. But if you are spending six hours watching Netflix shows when you could be doing something else that would help reach your goals that you're trying to set, then yeah, you should probably try to limit your time watching Netflix. Just these small tweaks can really help in the grand scheme of your day, in your week, in your month, in your year. Think about how much time you can get back because time is not something that we can create more of. So how we spend it is going to be just as important as who we spend it with. If you're not quite sure how you're actually spending your days or how you're spending your weeks, instead of just taking a mental note of the tasks you do, after each day, create a list of what you're actually spending time on and how much time you're spending on those tasks. And then at the end of that given week, you can see as a whole, 
how much of your time you're dedicating to things that are either adding value or not adding value at all. And those tasks can then be separated into tasks to eliminate. So these would be tasks that are obviously not worth your time at all. Say you spend the first two hours scrolling through social media when you should be doing something else. Eliminating this task in the morning altogether would be something that can be most beneficial for you. And then tasks that you can delay. So that would be tasks that are considered not worth your time right now. Do you have to read all of your emails right this second or should you be doing something else? And then also delegating. So I know this is something that I have struggled with. I think that I can just handle everything, don't need to ask for help. But over time, I've realized that learning how to delegate tasks frees up my actual time to spend on things that are valuable and going to really help me get to my end goal. What would be more efficient for me to delegate to someone else? Say you own your own business, you're an entrepreneur, you can find someone who is a VA, that's a virtual assistant, to help a respond to DMs, respond to emails, Finding that person who can really help do that frees up more of your time to give to your clients, to give to your business. And then the last one would be tasks that you should keep doing. So these are tasks that you deem worthwhile or valuable. And this is something that you can keep in your day. In order to best map out how your days can go, I have noticed a huge shift in writing to-do lists the night before So instead of the day of writing those lists, the night before I list out on my planner what tasks I need to complete for the next day. So I do that the night before and I've noticed that while I'm sleeping, this is a great time that my brain has to organize this next day's tasks. Instead of waking up and then trying to figure out what I can fit into my day and who I can spend my time with that day, I write these tasks out the night before, my brain goes, into computing mode, which yours will do the same. And that way you wake up the next day with a clear path and know exactly how to get these tasks accomplished. Because we can also forget what things we need to accomplish the day of. Maybe we feel like we're overwhelmed. We don't actually have enough time in the day. So this way it gives your brain time to prepare mentally before you're actually in the physical space to perform those tasks. When thinking about delegating your time and tasks in a manner that makes sense, I try and think about it in a way like filling your car with gas. In order to make the most out of that tank of gas, are you gonna fill it more frequently or are you going to spend the gas in that tank more strategically? Think about it. I would rather spend the gas in the tank more strategically than fill multiple times a week. Instead of routing your day where you're driving from one end of the city to the complete other end of the city and not planning stops in accordance with that route, you're going to make sure that you plan the stops along the way so that it fits in that specific route that makes sense. Your day is going to be no different than that. You're going to plan your day accordingly in a way that makes the most sense where you can fit in the tasks that are in accordance with each other without overextending yourself. In order to make sure that you can make it all fit, your time in a day needs to be like your gas in the tank, where you only fill it once, and when it's gone, it's going to be gone, and then you have to go to sleep and recharge and 
fuel your day accordingly. This leads me to the topic of finding a routine that's best for you and also using this routine to your advantage where you are blocking off certain times of the day to accomplish tasks. For me personally, a lot of back-end creation goes on that nobody sees. It takes time to record a podcast, to edit a podcast, to create reels, to do graphics for Instagram. In order for me to make sure that I am accomplishing all of these specific tasks in a given week, I need to block off certain days and times where I'm spending focusing on this specific content. Mondays meant for podcasts, Tuesdays are for reels, and then Thursdays I use for graphics. And that way I'm not trying to chunk all three of these tasks into each day because then I won't be most efficient with my time. If I'm trying to edit my podcast, create reels, and create Instagram graphics all in one day, it's like I'm going to be half-assing each of those things instead of giving my all to one specific event. And that way I know for a fact that I'm going to be able to have time to actually get these tasks done. And then if I have time left over, that gives me room for margin for maybe something new or unexpected that I didn't necessarily plan for, or I can fit in another one of these tasks into my day. I call this chunking or batching, and that means you are batching content in a way that have that time allotted to dedicate to that, and then any time left over, you can have fun with. You can put towards a different activity, and then that way you know that you are getting everything accomplished that you need to get accomplished while also setting a clear vision for yourself, for your days, and for your weeks. I know we just dove into spending your time on tasks, but what does this mean about spending your time and energy on specific people? This is the biggest energy sucker of them all because when we fail to create and embrace our own boundaries, this is when we seem to drain our battery and lose the most time because there are gonna be those people out there who are energy vampires, for lack of a better term. A vampire, everyone knows what a vampire is, right? Sucks your blood, leaves you dry, you have no, you have nothing left to give. These energy vampires are gonna be those people that after your interaction with them, you just don't have any energy left, right? So this means that every time you get off the phone with them, every time you're done hanging out with them, just any interaction you have with this person, you leave feeling like you were completely sucked dry. We need to be able to create boundaries with these specific people or else we're not gonna have the energy to give to people who actually leave us feeling recharged and fueled up, ready to go. You'll know who these people are because you literally can't think of a time when you've ended a interaction with them where you actually feel lighthearted and great about that interaction. Every time you leave, you're like, oh my God. It's almost like that person is a dump truck of garbage and then now you are the landfill. So you're the landfill in the fact that this person has dumped their garbage on you time and time again and it just is compiling and adding up and you are just storing someone else's garbage. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be the landfill. In order to best navigate this situation, we have to think about it in one of two ways. Is this person like this all the time? Because there are people who are energy vampires 100% of the time 
That is just who they are down to the core. They've always been this way. They will always be this way. And then there are those people who are energy vampires and it's a situational thing. They're going through a hard time in life. Maybe they have a illness in the family. Maybe they're ill. They have gone through a breakup. They're having relationship issues. Some things fall under those categories that will make it so this person is only an energy vampire for a certain amount of time. And then once their situation improves, they go back to being their same self. My best advice would be to limit your interaction with this person for the meantime or have a conversation with them because a lot of people don't realize that they are perpetually being negative. And if you are coming from from a place of care and genuine concern, and you can address them in a way like, hey, this is how I have seen things recently. I don't want you to think that I don't want to be in your life, but it's just been a really tough time to show up for you because you have not been showing up for yourself. And I know those tough conversations are never easy to navigate and they may not feel good at the time because they're uncomfortable. But in the long run, you and the other person can truly benefit from having that conversation. And it just helps you see eye to eye in terms of what you need as a friend or what you need as a person and can help you understand what they need right now. And I know a book that has helped me tremendously is called Having Difficult Conversations because for me, I know I build up a lot of anxiety in my mind around these conversations, around these situations before they even happen. I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this person going to hate me? Are they going to think this or that? And I haven't even had the conversation yet. I'm just creating this false narrative in my mind of a situation that hasn't happened. I'm living in the future instead of living in the present, instead of navigating things in a manner that's constructive. So who am I really helping here? Nobody. I'm not helping myself. I'm not helping the other person. Having this conversation is going to be best for the both of you. And you can get to a genuine place of understanding and they can see where you're coming from. If you deem this person to be a energy vampire that is situationally challenged, then you can navigate that. If this is someone who's an energy vampire for the entirety of their life, you have to decide how your interaction is going to go with them. How can you limit your interaction? Because if you see them or run into them and you know that asking them, oh, how's your day? Or how are you doing? And this is going to mean they are unloading a dump truck of garbage, then you need to refrain from asking them how they're doing. You need to have closed-ended conversations with them. Hey, it was good running into you. I don't have a ton of time. I hope you have the best day. Because in the end, you do hope that they have a great day. Do you necessarily want to be part of that day? No, but that doesn't mean you don't need to wish them the best in whatever day they're going to have. This just means you are no longer serving them as their landfill for their shit to be dumped on. That's going to help protect your energy, which in turn leaves you with a full battery instead of leaving you drained and not even having energy for the people and things that are going to actually leave you recharged at the end of that interaction. This brings me into my very next point, and that is in regards to boundaries. So when we think of boundaries, they're like this invisible bubble around us, right? It's not going to be this obtrusive fence that says do not enter or no trespassing. It's more of something that we create 
around us that other people can't necessarily see unless we share that with them. But in order to be a boundary setting boss, you'll realize when you need to set a boundary, when you constantly find yourself being exhausted by other people or exhausted by certain tasks that don't seem to add value to your life. And this is where we go back to the point in the beginning where we have to decide what we find value in. And that way we can determine where to create these boundaries. Because in terms of boundaries, you want to be assertive, but not be aggressive in setting them because you don't want to be threatening or blaming, but being assertive with your actual boundaries is going to be something that's a non-negotiable that you communicate in a way that comes across effectively. And this can really be shared with statements like, I feel blank when, or what I need is. If you think about it, if someone shares a boundary with you, but they say something like, you're making this vacation exhausting, I don't want to do all the things you've planned, that's going to put someone on the defensive. And the last thing you want to do when communicating is put that person in a position where they feel like they have to fight back. In order to really navigate this, we have to be particular and we have to be choosy about how we word these things. Instead of communicating it in that way, we can say something along these lines. I feel overwhelmed when every minute of our vacation is planned. What I need is some time to relax and see what happens. That way you're expressing what you are having a difficult time with and then you're also expressing what you need at the same time so you can come to an agreement or an understanding and then you can navigate from there. To also extend on this, it's really okay for you to learn to say no. And no as in that being a complete sentence. You don't have to elaborate. You don't have to explain. Creating boundaries is about respecting your own time and space and values. In order to really get good at this, you're going to have to say no in order to not be that person that's a yes man. I think most of us have seen that movie, Yes Man, where he literally extends himself above and beyond all the time. He tells himself he will always say yes to situations, to people, to things, to events. And he ends up losing himself in the process and not actually getting what he feels most fulfilled doing. In order to avoid this situation, it's okay to set boundaries that are in regards to personal tolerance or if we are uncomfortable say you're out and someone asks for your number. You can say no if a coworker asks to cover their shift. You can also say no without offering an excuse because this is respecting your own boundary. This is going to be an important part because later down the road, there's going to be even more difficult things than that that you are going to want to say no to. And if you constantly always say yes and don't respect your own boundaries, other people are not going to know to respect your boundaries as well. And that's just going to create more issues and more resistance down the road for you. We need to combat this by getting good at knowing what we want and then conveying that to others with being assertive and not aggressive. This next component is going to be huge. And this is about really safeguarding your spaces, whether or not that's 
physical, emotional, your stuff, your time, your energy. A lot of times we answer work emails during non-work times or we handle work situations during non-work times. And this really affects our work-life balance because we constantly feel like we need to be free to work when really people understand that we're all human. We deserve time off from work. And if you set a clear boundary of hours that you are not going to work, that means setting the out of office responding for email accounts when you are not in the office while you're on vacation. This means you have to set cutoff times for you to stop responding to work text. And at first, this is going to be super difficult. And I found a really hard time with this in the beginning of starting my business. I set aside Sunday to be my complete off day from everything. And in the beginning, I caught myself still working on Sunday, still having contact with clients on Sunday, still creating content on Sundays. And over time, I was like, you know what? If I don't respect my boundaries in terms of the time that I said I was going to be off work, other people are also not going to respect my boundaries as well. And this just goes to show when you don't answer texts or calls or emails about work during non-work hours, people will stop calling you during those hours because they will get the hint. This just leads to a better boundary for you in the future because then you don't have to worry about your off time being interrupted along the way. I know that it is not the easiest thing to do, but starting off using the do not disturb feature on your phone is going to be super helpful. And I know I've implemented this in certain aspects of my life, like the gym especially. When I'm at the gym, I put my do not disturb on. I try my absolute hardest to only look at my phone to change the songs. Other than that, I put it on do not disturb because that is my 45 minutes to an hour that I get a day dedicated to myself and my specific goals. You're not going to miss out on anything in that amount of time. If it's an absolute emergency, the person will call you multiple times. Your phone will actually ring. There is always a loophole around your phone not actually ringing if it is an emergency. 99% of the time, it's not going to be anything that is very time sensitive. This means spend that 45 minutes uninterrupted. Get in there, get out of there. You're going to be more effective with your time. That way you're not spending an hour and a half at the gym because you're answering work emails, you're answering text messages, you get a phone call in the middle of your workout, and then you make your 45-minute workout into an hour workout because you had to get to work things that maybe you really didn't have to get to. Creating this time between your work and life is going to really help you establish a balance and a routine that works best for you. This is going to be tricky in the beginning because there's going to be some people that don't understand these boundaries. And it's going to take a little bit of time for people to get acclimated, especially if you have never been the type of person who establishes boundaries early on. This just means that you got so used to always saying yes and always trying to please other people 
And sometimes we forget to please ourselves and what we really need. This is gonna be a little difficult in the beginning, but I promise when you put reps into something, just like at the gym, when you put solid reps into specific workouts, you get better at it over time. The reps that you put into practicing what you preach with your own boundaries is going to be no different. That just means that we have to make sure that we're being super consistent because I don't know about you, but to me, consistency is like a dang love language. And that's something that I try to find in people that I hold near and dear to me, to my life, whether it is an intimate relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a family relationship, a work relationship. I am really big on consistency because if you have someone in your life that shows up completely differently every time, you don't know if they're gonna be there for you on a day-to-day basis, they can't seem to get back to you ever, except for when it's convenient for them, this is going to create a lot of inconsistencies and this is really going to take up more time and energy than you need it to because it creates some anxiety in your own mind and you're never quite sure if you can actually rely on this person. So for me specifically, I try and be consistent with everybody in my life. If I can't be consistent, I at least try to communicate. And that is a huge component of setting boundaries is communication because if you set a boundary and you don't actually communicate what you're doing, why you're doing it in some aspects, you are allowed to say no, but If your boundaries change significantly, you have not really shared that with other people, it's gonna be hard for them to get adjusted. In order for everyone to adjust a little bit better, communication is going to be the foundation of every single relationship. These are all tools and resources that I have personally implemented in my own life when I need to safeguard my energy and my time. In order to really get good at it, we have to keep practicing. This means practicing what we preach. If that's one thing, that I can keep doing, I feel like that is the best way to go about really being able to establish boundaries, how to safeguard our energy, our time. This is a finite resource and one day it is going to be gone and that's inevitable. And that's something that we all know deep down, even if it's hard to come to terms with right now, how we spend our time here right now and who we spend our time with needs to be something that we are really protecting and that we are dedicating time and energy to the people and things that light our freaking souls on fire, who are supportive, who show up for us, who we feel like we can show up for. And this is one thing that we need to take away from this. If we think about energy in a way that we all can understand, we can think about energy in terms of if it was money. Once we spend money, it's gone. So once we exert that energy or spend that energy, it's gone. And once we are out of money, that's it. We can make more. It doesn't come overnight. Same thing with energy. Once we have spent our energy for the day, it is gone. Our tanks are empty. We have to recharge in order to have energy to go about the next day. Once we learn to manage our energy and our time wisely, our battery can stay more full, more consistently, and then we don't get to the end of each day feeling drained. And this takes a lot of time, this takes a lot of practice, it takes effort. Learning what drains our battery and what charges our battery and taking note of those things over time is going to really help us so that we don't feel completely depleted at the end of the day. This is something 
think that is a great takeaway in terms of where and how to spend our energy and who to spend it on. I hope this podcast has been super helpful for you because even just talking about it has been extremely helpful for me. Really sets clear intentions on how I need to be spending my energy and how I can do it in a more efficient way for myself for the future. I appreciate you tuning in and I will catch you in the next couple weeks for the next episode. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already and head on over to my Instagram at Marley Rosano to check out even more helpful content.